Hey friends, welcome to Scattered People number 20. I think it's fair to say from your comments yesterday that you agree with me that one of the big things God is trying to teach us in this coronavirus lockdown season is to think about the poor. Are we reaching the poor? And when those who are poor and needy join our churches, are we helping them? Do they remain as poor and needy as they were? Or does becoming part of the family of God really change their lives? It's been a great discussion. Let's keep it going. I'm going to change the subject slightly today. I want to ask the question, is that all God's trying to teach us? We're going to carry on looking at the book of Acts. You'll need a Bible if you've got one. It will help you. We're going to look at Acts 5, 1 to 11, probably the 11 verses that most people would like to take out of the book of Acts. Uh, and and we're going to keep it in the book of Acts and we're going to ask the question is God trying to do something like this in our churches in this season cards on the table I think he is and that is a massive thing to say because these are not pleasant verses to read let me read them and then uh, I'll share what I think they're saying and then you'll have a chance to reply on the YouTube comments or hashtag scattered people. Let's talk about this. I feel like God is beginning a discussion amongst us as, as Christians around what the church needs to look like through this season. Let me read you Acts 5 verse 1. The context is what we were talking about yesterday. Everyone's selling their property and bringing money to help the poor and needy. Now a man, a man named Ananias together with his wife Sapphira also sold a piece of property, also a bit like Barnabas in the last few verses we read. With his wife's full knowledge, and made this decision as a couple, he kept back part of the money for himself, but he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. In other words, he gave this generous offering. He kept some of it back. It was his money. He could have done that, but he pretended that he'd given all the money he'd got from the sale of the land. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you've lied to the Holy Spirit and you've kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You've not lied to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. No kidding. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? She looked at the money, she said, yep, that's the price. Peter said to Sapphira, how could you conspire with your husband to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they'll carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died too. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Wow. So what on earth is God saying through a, a passage like this? This is what I really believe God's saying to us. The biggest enemy of the church has never been persecution. It's only ever been hypocrisy. The biggest danger to the church is not the enemy outside the church. It's the false friends inside the church. This is what God's trying to highlight here. We're in a section of the book of Acts where the devil throws everything he's got at the church in order to try and stop its growth. First of all, there's threats. Then there's, then, there's, um, then there's poverty, then there's hypocrisy, 
Then there's uh, a distraction. We'll see in the next couple of days about how the, the apostles needed to set up deacons to help the poor instead of getting distracted by just the sheer weight of administration of leading a, a body of believers. Then there's out and out persecution as, as Stephen gets killed for his faith. But right at the heart of these onslaughts that the devil sends against the church is the one that we so often ignore, hypocrisy, false believers, fake friends within the church. And it's times of trouble that expose who they are and cause them to fall away. Now, I need to be careful how I share this because I'm not flippant about this at all. I'm aware that when Everyday Church gathers back, whenever that is on a Sunday, when we're able to gather together, there will be people that we thought were part of the church who just don't come back. There are some people who may not intentionally backslide, but actually just the, the fact that we're not there for a few weeks will expose that they, they were with us, but they were never with us. I don't say that lightly. These are some of the people I love. I care for them as a pastor. I'm convinced that if they just keep hanging out with me at church, they're going to come to know Jesus. And But the truth is, sometimes what God does is he roots people out of the church in order that he can truly add them into the church. We're in a season where some people will not come back to church in a hurry. I'm not saying numbers will be down. I think this is also a season where many non-believers are turning their hearts to God. I think God's doing a great thing, but he is doing an Ananias and Sapphira thing as well. You see, Ananias and Sapphira looked the real deal. I mean, you would have loved having them at your church. They've evidently been baptized or they wouldn't have been in the church which means they've evidently evidently been filled with the Holy Spirit, or at least they look it, because the expectation in the early church is everyone's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So these are people who look the real deal. They are actually selling their fields and bringing money to the apostles. In other words, they look not just like church members, but prominent church members. These are the guys you want to have. These guys are people who look like they are all in. And yet in their heart, they're holding stuff back. Now, of course, this is the case, isn't it, in our churches? You know, it's easy for us to gather together and sing uplifting worship songs about how Jesus Christ is our Lord. But we don't really know how each of us are living our lives. We don't know each other's, you know, in this occasion, how we use our money. We don't know each other's browsing history, whether we're guarding our eyes from that which is evil. We're not in the room when spouses talk with one another. and Are they bringing glory to God or actually are they... Are they looking one thing in public and not being that in private? I don't get to go to school or college with you and, and see whether you are living out the life with your school friends that you would claim to be living when you're with your church youth friends. Church can breed hypocrisy. It has over the last 2,000 years. We'd be crazy to think that there's no hypocrisy in our own churches. And what God does is he uses these moments in order to shake off those who are not really true believers. Um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a big storm in my back garden and actually a load of branches fell off the trees in my garden. Uh, and the truth is none of those branches that fell off when I picked them up were actually alive. They looked alive, they were on the tree. I'd assumed that they were an integral part of the tree, but there was something about a storm wind which revealed that these things had died quite some time ago, that there was no life in them, that actually the storm knocked them off the tree so that real life could come to the tree. We're in the midst of such a storm.
There will be people, this is John 15, isn't it? There will be people in our churches who look like they were the real deal and this storm is going to expose that they are not at all the real deal. My heart grieves for it and I'm praying, you know, I've never been praying more for the congregation of Everyday Church than I am now. My hope and prayer is that, that everyone will be alive and no one will fall off the tree. But when I read Acts 5, 1 to 11, if in the church in Jerusalem, in the first few centuries of church history, there were people who looked alive but were dead, then how much more in our churches? I just have to assume that this is part of what God's doing right now. And here's the encouragement I want to end with. In uh, verse 11, it says, Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. And verse 14, More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. See, there are certain verses in the Bible that we love. You know, I love John 14, 15 and 16. These amazing chapters that talk about God wanting to fill us with the Holy Spirit. You know, I've appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. I quote these verses. I meditate on these verses. I pray in these verses. But amongst those verses are the John 15 verses. Any branch in the vine which does not bear fruit, I will prune it and throw it on the fire in order that the vine may become more fruitful. Let's be praying for our friends, our church family during this season. Let's be praying that in this visitation of judgment, and there is an element of that to this coronavirus season we're in. If you haven't seen it yet, there's a Christianity magazine article that I've written, uh, which is in the latest edition. Get that. It's on Revelation about how God is working in this coronavirus pandemic. Uh, in, In the midst of this storm, pray God, in the midst of this storm, may my, may, may my friends and my church family be found to have built their houses on the rock, not on the sand. But if you do see that some people's houses fall flat, if you do gather back and you realise, actually, where, I haven't seen them since we came back after coronavirus. Understand, this is what God does. The greatest danger to the church has never been enemies outside the church. It's always been false believers inside the church. God is giving us an autumn, a winter, where actually some people are going to fall away so that when we come back after this coronavirus season, we will experience a spring, a summer, a revival. We will experience the fullness of Acts 5 together controversial I know so I want to hear what you have to say comment on the YouTube video or on social media hashtag scattered people I would love to see what you have to say I would love to respond to it tomorrow so I will be checking those comments and we'll weave some of them into tomorrow's message have a great day consider this think about this feedback on this let's chat about this and I'll see you tomorrow for some more scattered people